Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I'm excited to be here with you. I hope you're excited to be here with me because it's just you and I today, girl. And boy, boys, the boy, the four boys who listen. I'm just kidding. There's more. There's more. Don't feel bad. Um, okay, so new year, new you. How's it going? <laughs> I just didn't even make resolution resolutions this year. Um, which actually that's not necessarily true. If you listened back a couple episodes ago, the three biggest mistakes I made in 2021, I did talk a lot about how like I've kind of become a little bit of a workaholic. It may or may not be affecting my physical body. Um, and I was going to like do better in 2022. So steps are in place. Um, definitely we are moving the right direction. I officially made an appointment with a functional medicine doc for my stomach. Um, my gut, I have stomach aches. I have stomach aches, you guys, because I'm a big old baby. No, honestly, in the last year, I think I've realized that I'm like, huh, I think I might have IBS or something or an ulcer or whatever, like, but um, yeah, when you can't tell, if you get such frequent stomach aches that you can't tell if you gave your family the flu because you did have a stomach ache for like six hours one day, but you never threw up and you never had a fever, but like stomach aches are really normal for you. So you didn't really sound any alarms. You might have an issue. You might have an issue. So that's, that's on my agenda. That's what I'm doing. And um that I'm excited about it, but we'll see. I don't know. These functional medicine docs, I know there's multiple of you who listen, but you guys, you guys are intense and I'm, I don't want to know what you're going to tell me. Is that, is that fair? I mean, is that just like the most, what our patients think ever of like, oh, please don't tell me to give up coffee. I really love coffee and I tried the mushroom water shit and I tried the mud water shit and it's just not, it's not coffee it's not coffee. And then the next thing I ask them is like, well, can I replace it with spark, which is like a pre-workout that I love. Um, and I'm, they're going to say, no, they're going to say you can have tea. And I'm going to go, boo, boo to you. Um, 
But yeah, no, there's some exciting things already happening. We are just days away, oh my gosh, from, so we upgraded our scanning uh, system in the clinic. For those that have been listening, you probably know that we use uh, Insight CLA's scans. They're nerve scans. I love them. They were a game changer. We'll talk about it more later. Um, but we are, we just upgraded to their like newest stuff and it's coming and I'm so excited. This is how you know you run a really well delegated team though. So I knew this was going to be like it was it was not going to be cheap. It's, you know, affordable when you break down what you get for it. But like I was like, oh, OK. Um, so we sit down with my two main scanning CAs and because I haven't done a scan on someone. And I don't I literally I don't think I could do a scan all right, I was gonna say if my life depended on it, I couldn't get a scan that I would use to actually make a care plan off of if my life depended on it, but I could get something to show up. Anyway, so I have these two CAs that are like our most versed in scanning. They've both been with me for four plus years. And so the three of us sit down, cause I'm like, well, I don't know. They're gonna be talking about all these features that I, I don't know if that's a big deal or not. Um, and so we are just like, minutes into like them showing us the features and like the benefits of upgrading and my CAs are just going gaga oh my god just going gaga over this new stuff and I'm like oh that's that would be helpful and they're like oh that would save us so much time and this and that and like oh that's great because that would solve this problem that sometimes we have with our wi-fi and I'm just like oh okay well Cool, let's do it, you guys. So, so anyways, it's coming. It's the exciting things in 2022, you guys. Um, where's the slogan? Is it just new you in 2022? Like, you remember back in 2020 when it was all like 2020 vision? And I think I literally recorded a podcast saying I'm already wanting to puke with how many 2020 vision puns I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> which when you look back. It's funny, right? It's funny. So that's why I will continue to take my slow, don't rock the boat, don't make any huge claims, and just enter the year calmly. Okay, let's do a listener highlight before we get into today's topic. I'm excited about it. Um, so this is an email that I got from a Dr. Crystal. And she was responding to a week, our weekly sleigh. So if I haven't talked about the weekly sleighs in a long time. If you're not familiar with what the weekly sleigh is, is there is a, I don't know, I want to call them inspirational, but sometimes they're funny and they're just like, huh, things that make you go, hmm. Um, sometimes they're spiritual, sometimes they're motivational, but I send out a short email every Sunday night. So it's not a newsletter but it's longer than one paragraph. They're usually about two paragraphs or so. And um, they're in your inbox Monday morning, because if you're like me, Monday morning, I like part of my morning routine is like going through my emails, getting motivated for the week, laying out things. And so they're just, you know, they're there. Uh, they're free. They've been going on. Gosh, I wonder how many sleighs we've sent now probably close to two years worth. Um, you can sign up for that by going to our website or something. Um, 
or maybe it's my link in my Instagram, Kirby will attach something in the show notes that you can sign up and get a free, uh, free loving letter from me every Sunday night. This, where we were talking about, this is a response to that. Um, so this most recent slay was funny and basically me accusing my husband of not sticking up for me enough to my employees be, uh, during annual reviews. You missed it because you're not signed up for the weekly slay. But Crystal writes, Ugh, I feel you with every ounce of my being on this one, girl. Thanks for verifying that we sometimes can't hold our own shit together by ourselves. Sometimes we want someone to fight the battle for us, even though most times we are good to go. Thank you. My feelings have been justified. I want you to know that I appreciate you and your weekly slays more than I could ever tell you. Keep on, girl. Uh, one, two, three, five heart emojis and crystal. So I'm going to take the five hearts to translate as a five-star review for the weekly slay. Thank you, crystal. Um, yeah, those, you know, those are, those are great. And I do, that is kind of the whole point of the podcast and the slays is to just be like, yep, I'm broken just like you, but I think that means we're all super normal. So let's pray. And then let's get into a riveting topic of the PVA and KPIs. Don't worry, it's all gonna make sense soon. Dear God, thank you so much for this new year and new me. Same me, oh, same evolving me. Um, as people are experiencing the pressure of January to make giant plans and goals for themselves and their business, reminder that like life is so long, so, so long. And we are, um, we're just this piece moving through time that there's so much that we can't connect. And we're just constantly looking to make it about us and connecting about us and what this means about whether we are getting better and whether we are growing more and whether we are improving. And let this be a reminder that sometimes our setbacks are for other people's growth. Sometimes where we feel we're stagnant, we're uh, doing more growth or setting us up for future growth but it's not the growth that we think. So just let this reminder during this time of the year as people make big plans for themselves and their business that you're with us and the spirit of the universe is supporting us and that one of the best things we can do is be patient and so much, so much more patient with ourselves, so much more loving to ourselves and realize that... Um, our timelines don't matter in any of this. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So I know the name of the podcast was the spoiler alert. So you have not been waiting, just waiting on every word saying, Lauren, get to the point. What is today's episode about? Because that's not how people work. We don't have high attention spans. Um, we are talking about PVA, which stands for Patient visit average. Now, if you are not a chiropractor, this will still be a helpful podcast for you. I promise. Um, I promise that what we are going to talk about, you will absolutely be able to apply to your non-chiropractor life. You loser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but so PVA, let's take a step back. It is what we would call a major KPI for chiropractors. Um, KPI 
is a key, a key performance indicator. I do not have an MBA. So what you're about to get is my uh, understanding of what a KPI is, what they are. I am sure many people much smarter than I are going like, uh, including my husband, are going to go like, well, yeah, that's not really what a KPI is, but honey, you're cute. You did your best. But you know what? It's not their podcast. It's my fucking podcast. So a KPI are different metrics that you would use as measurement. Okay? I don't know. Like, it's a key performance indicator. They're indicators or metrics of how you are doing on your performance. So I would assume you could have like KPIs if you're like working out or training for a marathon. I've only ever heard of KPIs when we're looking at like annual planning or like looking at stats for the business, but I'm sure there's multiple uses. So I have heard other chiropractors talk about how it's important that everybody on your team has a KPI that they have control over. So like if you've got someone, let's say you have a marketing person, you would want one of their KPIs to be like how many patients are number of patients a month that are saying they were referred by Google or social media. Okay, that could be a KPI that you would measure on. And maybe you would set a goal of saying like, we're shooting for five patients a month to say they're coming from um, Facebook or Instagram. You know, like, so there's, there you could really, really get very creative with KPIs. You could have number of births. You could have number of kids you've saved from getting ear infections. You could have so many different things. The KPIs that tend to be like, I don't know, the most used are going to be money. How much money did you bring in in that certain amount of time? Because you can measure your KPIs on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly or an annual. We'll talk a little more about it. So how much money did you bring in? So we report on money twice a month. Okay. Um, so Kirby will usually give us a like mid month thing of like, this is where we're at and this is where we're tracking for the month. Um, and then, you know, we obviously do an annual one. Uh, another major KPI is number of patient visits. How many people did you see? Okay. Um, we report on that weekly. There is OVA. OVA is an office visit average. This is what is the average amount of money that you are collecting when you adjust someone. So how you would do that is you would take the amount of money you brought in for a certain amount of time and divide it by the number of patients that you saw during that amount of time. Now for the Enneagram fives in the room, you or the like real analyticals, you're already probably getting your undies a little bit in a bundle because you're like, but wait a minute. What if I got a major like work comp check for an account that I've been working on for the last six months and then I got a check for $4,000, but like I don't even see that patient anymore. That would really mess up the accuracy of my OVA. And I would say, you are correct. That's all. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah, there's flaws. There's flaws in systems. That is for sure. Um, 
we do a lot of auto debits. So like if we have a low number of or we have a high number of patients canceled because of like COVID or weather or the holidays, but their auto debit, meaning their credit card got charged as if they came two to four times that month, um, then it's going to look like we made more money and saw less patients, right? But then the next month when that patient or uses up the visits that they didn't use, but we still collect the same, like, yep, okay. So a lot of times we only calculate OVA quarterly or even twice a year um, because of that. You know, there's just a lot of fluctuations month to month. Now, there's also... We will do a podcast on OVA because it is one of the biggest ones um, that chiropractors use to measure their success um, and their impact. Uh, there's lots of strong opinions about what your OVA should be. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole today. So, yep, if you're not a chiropractor, basically, let's say you, um, you're a hairstylist, you would take the amount of money you collected a month and how many services you did. And you would have like your average amount that you get for a service from somebody. Okay. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, another major KPI for chiropractors is number of new patients because hello, it keeps, it keeps, it helps keeps the light on. Um, but, and like I said, there's a gazillion more, um, money, patient visits, OVA, new patients, and PVA. Those tend to be the five big O's. Um, and today we're talking about PVA because it is one of my favorites. Um, I think it is what makes the world turn in your business. Okay, not the whole world turn, but like it's what makes my world turn. It what is what um, I believe is key to not stressing over a ton of new patients. If you have a low PVA, oh, I haven't even really described what PVA is. It's well, okay, we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. Just be patient, simmer. Um, if you have the higher the PVA, the less worry you're going to need about new patients because your patients will stick around longer. The higher the PVA, this typically means you're doing a good job of educating. You have less patients dropping off. So like, I, I love it. I think it is a really good one for how well you keep patients around. So PVA. Kirby, you should just start like a, a tally count of like, how many times does she say PVA in this damn <laughs> episode? I promise I'll try and be conscious of not saying it so much anymore. PVA is a, uh, is a calculated equation where you take the number of visits that you've seen in a certain amount of time, okay? Like I said, we like to do ours annually twice a year at most. Quart Some people do quarterly. I just don't like it. It just swings too much. So number of visits total for that time period divided by the number of new patients you saw during that time. So let's say that you saw a thousand patients in um, a certain amount of time and you had 10 new patients during that time. Your PVA would be 100. Okay, pretty simple. Now, I do feel like it is important for me to tell you that Kirby hates this stat more than any of the stats that I force him to keep. Um, because if you kill it with new patients, it is going to be a detriment to your PVA number. 
Now keep in mind that if you kill it with new patients, your overall clinic, if you're doing things right, should go up. But like this is if you on a month to month basis, like so if you look at it over a year, it should average itself out. If you saw if you had a month where you had a ton of new patients and you kept all of those new patients and you just started seeing more patient visits, then yes, it should work out. But a lot of times what can happen is like ugh, the new patient numbers, like you haven't gotten to their ROF yet. You haven't started to do a care plan. So it can really look like your PVA dropped just because you ran a special and had a ton of new patients that month. So that is why we do it minimally. Like I said, I can tell you what my PVA has been on an annual basis, but I don't really care about it on a quarter basis. So the national average... This is embarrassing, you guys. Well, I don't want to, I should, I take that back because you're going to figure out your PVA and I don't want you to feel shame because um, I never want anyone to feel shame. But I think as a chiropractic profession, this number sucks. Our national average is between eight to 12 visits. So you guys, I, I guess I haven't really explained what this equation is. It's in general, how long does a new patient stick around for at your clinic before they go bye and leave. Okay, so eight to 12. Now, here's why I see that as a problem. Because, um, well, I mean, there's lots of problems here, but we'll start with one of the least offensive ones. Um, you are going to be on a treadmill of needing new patients, just constant needing new patients, more and more new patients, because you're, you put, and like you put all this money into a new patient and then you get what? I don't know how much money eight to 12 depend, you know, like you get a very small amount of money and then they're gone versus if you have a PVA of say 20 or 30 or 60 or a hundred, that patient acquisition cost is so much less, you know, and we're going to talk about how to improve your PVA. That's the whole point of this damn episode. Um, but like, so if you think about like, you want your patients to stick around for a long time, right? Like that takes less pressure on you. You will continue to grow with new patients. But if you have, if you view your front door like new patients and your back door of your clinic, like a low PVA, these people are just coming in and coming out and coming in and coming out. And so you need this constant stream of new patients coming in, but it doesn't help move your bottom line because at the same rate, they're going out. So getting that back door to your clinic metaphorically closed. Um, so as new patients come in, your weekly visits, your monthly visits increase, your bottom line increases is really, really important. I also see the national average of eight to 12 at issue only philosophically. Okay. I shouldn't even say it because I don't want someone listening who doesn't have the same philosophy of me to be like, well, I want to get my patients better and then I don't want them to need me forever. So I don't want a PVA of 60. If I have a PVA of 60, it tells me that I'm taking way too long to air quotes, get them better. And this is where you and I just, we have a slight, I don't even want to call it a disagreement, uh, but it's a, we just have a different approach to what air quotes get them better is. So like typically 
our care plans tend to be like 36 visits and that's, you know, three times a week for a couple months, but that's because we're not just helping with their neck pain and migraines. We're also helping them sleep, digest anxiety, you know, so like, that's okay. If you are not wanting to approach anxiety with chiropractic or any of that, cuckoo, coo, 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 Um, but yeah, that is definitely going to be affected by that. Here's the other little monkey wrench in things. It is so much easier to have a high PVA when you are not in network with insurance. Here is some stories from the crypt of when Lauren was in network with insurance. Because I was. If you don't know my story, I was in network with, like, everybody around. Um, every insurance company. Like, if I had a patient say, hey, do you take this insurance? And I'm like, no, I haven't heard of that one. Let me get in network with them. Give me a second. Um, and that was how I spent the first five years of practice. So uh, if you're curious about like, yeah, how do I get out of network? There are episodes on it. I don't know what numbers. Kirby might put them in the show notes for you if he's a nice editing guy. Um, But yeah, there are episodes on how we got out of network because it's a whole process. It's tangent. It's like a 45 minute tangent. I'm not going to take. I'm going to walk away from it. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, insurance. Okay. So Tales from the Crypt. So what will happen with some insurance companies is they will tell a patient, you have un limited chiropractic. Aren't we great? Aren't you glad that you pay for us to be your insurance company? And then they come to me and I look up their insurance because I'm new with this insurance and it goes unlimited. Fantastic. And so I give them a care plan that I think their body needs because I am their doctor and that's my job to give them a care plan I think their body needs. And so I just keep going on with my life. And then let's say, I don't know, somewhere a little later, I get a uh, report of my performance in billing to the insurance company. And they ever so politely let me know that my average number of visits that I billed for a patient to their insurance was, let's say, 18. And therefore, the amount they're going to pay me per adjustment is decreasing. And that I, the average that amongst all their other providers are, is around 10. And me being 18 is greatly higher than the national average. And that's raising red flags with their company. So therefore they're lowering the amount they're going to pay me. And they highly suggest that I take measures to lower my average. So guess what happens the next time I have a patient with that insurance? I go, Oh, yeah, I accept that insurance. How many visits do I need to get you out of network or out of out of network? <laughs> Freudian slip, right? Um, get you out of pain? Nine. I need nine visits. That's how many I need. Um, and then shoot, I've got somebody I got a colic case. Oh, I really cannot do this in less than 15. OK, but then the next day, Joe Blow comes in. Sorry, Joe Blow. You want just one crack to see if it helps. OK, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take him, even though I don't want him as a patient, but I'm going to take his one adjustment and say, yeah, call me if it didn't fix it, because his one will help balance out the 15 with this company and my average will be yada yada. Can you see how wanting a high PVA, but having a high insurance based clinic, you know, it's difficult. It's difficile. Um, That's difficult for those of you who don't speak Spanish. Um, 
Yeah. So for those that are like going to listen to this episode and be like, heck yeah, I'm going to increase my PVA, but you are a high insurance model or you were feeling shame for a second because you're like, Lauren, I calculated mine and it's only 10. Um, If you're running an insurance model based practice, like that's not unusual. It's really, really not. So like you're going to have to do some some work in thinking of whether you care about having a high PVA and whether, you know, what, what, what you're going to do about it in 2022, girl and boy. Um, that, <laughs> we're going to move on. Okay, so how to improve the PVA. So I would say this starts with your pricing. Um, this is a hot topic. I'm not going to tell you any numbers. Okay, because you need to do what's legal in your state. And I figured out what's legal in Wisconsin. Um, and you need to do what you're comfortable with. Okay, so some chiropractors are like very uh, frustrated by the low amount that people charge for a chiropractic adjustment. You know, um, Chris Hansen was on a couple weeks ago talking about it. And I completely agree with her that like, how do you want, how can you justify to an insurance company that you are worthy of being paid, you know, X amount for an exam when you only charge this amount there, like $25 here or whatever. Um, so how can you expect to be treated like a primary care physician from insurance companies if you charge so low for your adjustments? I get that. Yep, yep, yep. I get that. Um, and I'm not against it at all. I will say that I thrive on my, my families. I love my entire families that get chiropractic from a place of weekly adjustments okay every other week if that's what it needs to be that's cool that like yeah i get it um but i need to look and go okay i love chiropractic i love it i i literally had a random thought the other day about like when my kids go to uh college if i'm not able to check them weekly like okay I'm going to have to do the research as to like which chiropractor they're going to go to and like, will I pay for their bill? I mean, it'd be nice if they paid for their own chiropractic because it would help them start to like value. But like ultimately they're a broke college kid and there's no way I want my kid going longer than two weeks without getting adjusted. Okay, I'll probably just I'll probably just pay for it until they get a job. Um, These are my thoughts, random thoughts while driving. So what was I talking about? Oh, would I would I pay for it myself? So again, I'm not going to tell you my numbers. I can tell you that Jen Santos was on uh, talking about miscarriage a couple months ago, and she talked about how straightforward their numbers are on their website. So if you want to go listen to that episode, it was wonderful and get information from her. And like you can stalk, you can look at places like the joint, like there are chiropractors who have their their prices online. Um But I have to look at, I'm a family of four, and if I wasn't a chiropractor, but I had all the knowledge, all of the knowledge of a chiropractor, would I pay $50 a visit for my family of four, so $200 a week, every week, forever, forever? Mm, I don't know, you guys, I really like chiropractic. That's a lot of money. Three, four, six, eight. It's eight hundred dollars a month. Like, 
Oh boy, I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't. I can, oh, I can almost guarantee you I love chiropractic, but I don't think I would pay that. So you need to run the numbers on your own of like, if you want a high PVA, would you pay for your own services when like when people have to get off insurance and go like would they pay will people pay $60 a visit every week forever or you know like you just got to do some math and figure out one of the keys to retention is making sure that you have made it affordable and yes can some chiropractors go too far yes I think $25 for a 30-minute appointment is on the cheap end. You're a good deal, that's for sure. Um, but I would say maybe you're going to a little too far. Uh, I said I wasn't going to say numbers. Why do you guys do this to me? Gosh, stop asking. Um, but yeah, you know, is it realistic for people if their insurance is not covering, can they afford you? Are, are you putting yourself in a situation where people are having to decide between you and groceries? Because guess what? You're going to lose. So that's the first point. Second point to increasing PVA um, is teaching value. Like consistently educating on chiropractic. Now, there are some chiropractors who are just amazing at talking about this. Denisa Weber has a whole communication course that is fantastic. It's, you can't buy it right now. I mean, I don't know when you're listening, so maybe you can buy it right now, but it, it, it's not, you can't buy it whenever you want. Um, but, you know, one of the things is table talk. How much are you talking about chiropractic? Now, what some chiropractors like to do is they like to word vomit all over on day two. Now, I do a lot of vomiting on day two. I'm not going to lie. Even my intern was like, so like, do you educate that much because you think they, you're, you know, whatever. I, I like talking about how the body works. I, I get fired up about educating and having that pivotal moment. I could decrease it, but, um, but you have to keep going. Okay, like you have to realize no matter how much you're educating there, they're not going to marry you on day two. They're signing up for some dating. And if you want to them to marry you and become lifelong patients and therefore increase your PVA, um, you got to keep you got to keep the the magic going, people <laughs> like you're continuing to drop seeds to them. Now, how you do this can be a variance of different ways. I'm just going to tell you how we do it. We're a high volume clinic. Okay. So on average, our appointments are between 90 seconds to five minutes. Um, now, how I make sure that I am giving good table talk when it's a 90 second appointment is I may not educate every, 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 every single time. We also see people three times a week for a long time. So I have the opportunity to kind of keep a conversation going with them. One of the things that I do when it comes to table talk, whether it's a new patient who's just started, signed on for care last week, or they've been with me for five years, is when they lay down, I am like a detective. What do they need from me that day? Sometimes they don't need anything. Sometimes it's just like, so how's life going since I saw you last week? And they're like, good. And I'm like, cool. Do anything this weekend? And they're like, oh, we did this. We did that. 
great, great, great. Like they, they're just, I'm on their checklist. They are not, they're kind you know, like they're not really in a perceptive, a perceptive receiving mood for like, let me tell you about the power of your nervous system right now. They're just kind of like, yep, doing this, doing that. Cool, cool, cool. See you next week, Lauren. Um, and that's okay because I am a human and they're a human. And I don't think you should talk about the weather every single time at all. I think if you're going to talk about non-chiropractic stuff that you talk about, like get to know them. So how, what do you do again? How do you, how do you like that? Like, is that kind of what you always wanted to do? Okay. Turn over. Yep. Oh, okay. That seems like that would be really fulfilling. I, but also really difficult. No wonder your neck's always so bad. All right, Jill, see you next week. Like that's how you connect with the patient without doing table talk, but you know, just keeping the conversation going. Sometimes they need education. Sometimes they really need of like, okay, remember I told you this was going to happen. So remember I said that in the beginning, this is what we're doing or like, oh, this is what, okay, let me explain why that's happening, why it switched sides, your neurological patterns, you know, like sometimes they need that. But I'm a detective going like, how are things going, Jill? And Jill's like, I don't know. I mean, kind of chugging along. I guess it's taking longer than I thought. Okay, what does Jill need from me today? She needs me to spend that 90 seconds educating her why this process takes time. So you're just really focusing on your table talk and open adjusting also helps with this. But like if you talk about the weather and the Packers every time and you don't ever talk about why do they need ongoing chiropractic care? Why do things get out of alignment? Why does my hip keep going out? (laughs) If you're not addressing some of these things, like you can't assume that because you told them on day two that they know and that they're going to continue prioritizing spending their money here. Okay. Um, And sometimes, especially with open adjusting, it's really nice because I will have really good table talk with one patient but everybody else got to hear it. So then I can, I don't need to be a robot and go to the next patient and be like, did you know this or that? You know, some people have a script for table talk. We'll do a, we can do a thing on table talk at a later point, but like just check your game. How often are you educating? Um, a major place that I also educate it because sometimes table talk isn't enough is the progress report. Now I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse here, because in order to do a progress report, you need to do a progress exam. So if I was thinking this wouldn't have been my second point, this would have been my third because I talk about the progress exam in a minute, but progress report. This is where I sit down. I sit down. We schedule like about 10 minutes for me to sit down in a quiet, closed room and I go over their progress exam findings. We do this every 12 visits. If you come weekly, you get this every three months. If you come every other week, you get this twice a year. Actually, if you come once a month, we actually redo it every six visits because I don't want to go a year without checking in on how, what are they doing? What is their nervous system doing? Um, And this is the time. Now we have them fill out. Oh, this is kind of more progress exam. Okay. Um, So going into the progress report, I have their progress exam findings. So again, we do this on people who've been coming for years and years. We do this on brand new patients. Um, And I sit down and we talk about what their body is doing. This is a really common place where people will bring up um, their concerns, 
about care. Maybe they didn't want to bring it up, but like this is this is that time. Um, this is where they'll bring up like, is there anything at home I could be doing to help this? Is there anything besides chiropractic that I could add to improve my quality of life? Um, this is also where they might bring up like that they want to see you less of like, I've been loving weekly, but I think I'd like to see if I could get away with every other. Like, this is where we have meaningful conversations and patients, it, I believe, keeps them from dropping off care. So let's go to the progress exam. Okay, so I consider the progress exam, I know it's number three on my list of things. If you're paying attention, pricing, uh, teaching value, which kind of had the sub points of like progress reports and table talk. Three is the progress exam. Oh my God, there is not anything. I, I can't even tell you guys without sounding dramatic, the impact that adding nerve scans had on our PVA. Because I started doing progress exams prior to doing them or prior to having the insight scans in the clinic, I would do initial exam and then maybe like, I don't know what I would do. Some orthopedic tests, some range of motion, wiggle this, palpate that. And then I would go, you know, I'd be like, all right, let's do three times a week for two months. And then like, uh, towards the end of that, I'd be like, okay, I don't know. You want to go down to like once a week or, you know, we want to go down to two. And like, there was nothing that really solidified the conversation of why we were doing less care except for the patient's symptoms. So if the patient's symptoms got better, that was the number one measurement we were using of like, oh, cool. I guess you can do less care because you're getting less headaches. Um, it's hard to justify why the patient needs to keep coming at a high frequency if you don't have something besides their symptoms to show them. So I realize, you know, and x-rays, I don't know, I've never done x-rays. I mean, I've done x-rays, but like, do x-rays change? I don't know. Yeah, they change. Of course they change. But like, how often? So if you're an x-ray doc, maybe you x-ray twice a year. Fantastic. Or maybe that's too much. I actually don't know. I'm, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe you do posture things, but whatever, whatever you're doing, I don't care. But I hope what ends up happening if you don't have something you love and reference is you don't do anything because you don't feel confident doing a progress exam because you're like, I don't know, what am I going to do? Like, uh, so you do nothing. And then you don't have these moments of checking in with the patient. So here's how our progress exam works. I already told you, we do it every 12 visits. Um, the day for their scan, they show up and they fill out a simple form on a laptop. It's like five questions. Um, and they're like check boxes. Um, we don't do this for our new patients. We only, well, we, sorry. If somebody's in the middle of like an active care, so let's say they're three times a week for three months, if they're at the end of one month, we don't ask this. Um, this is more for our wellness patients because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about PVA. We're talking about maintaining patients in maintenance forever or as long as possible, right? Okay, that that's the goal of today's talk. So I'm talking about, let's say I've had a patient that's been once a week for the last four years, every 12 visits, they come in, they fill out this form. The form asks, have you noticed any improvements in the following areas? And there's a bunch of checklists. And then there's what areas would you like us to focus on improving over the next portion of care, which is between now and their next scan. 
there's some things, there's a write-in. Um, then we ask how they feel about the frequency of their care. Um, you know, basically I want to know if they feel like they're being seen too much. Let's have this conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what your scan says. And if we can see you less and what would happen to the scan, yada, yada. Um, gosh, what else do we ask? Um, we ask, oh, if they feel as valued as they did on day one. Um, we basically say that patient experience is a big deal for us. Do you feel as valued as you did on your first day coming? And what can we do to improve your experience? Um, and then we ask if they have anybody they'd like to share chiropractic with and if they are willing to share their chiropractic story. Um, yes or not yet. I feel like there's one more question in there, but I cannot remember it. I feel like it was a good one too. Huh. Okay. Whatever. Um, so they fill that out. It takes only a couple minutes and then they go get a scan. I do not do the scan. The scan is performed by my CA who has done training in scan and she's marvelous at them. Um, so the scan takes about seven minutes and we get all this information. Yes, we do the scans on newborns. Um, if you're not familiar with the insight scans, like this is another thing. If you're not a, if you're a pediatric clinic, oh my gosh, cause I've been a pediatric clinic since I started. What are you using besides symptoms? Like, it's so difficult. You're not going to x-ray that. Like, it is very difficult because, um, you know, like, what are you using to measure if you're, if the patient came, the baby has colic, but the colic's gone. What are you using to measure that baby's health? So mom and dad have a visualization, an objective visualization as to why they should value the care you're doing. Like, what is your objective visual for them? That is what translates into them keep coming. Because they're going to look at you and say, yeah, of course you think I should keep coming. You get paid. So I don't want to say that your opinion is subjective, but in their mind, having this third party objective helps. It helps a lot. Because then I get to be like, God, Sally, I... I know that you really want to come every other because getting here weekly is difficult. Um, of course, you can do whatever you want. With It's your body. It's your money. I would happily see you every other week. When I look at your scan, here's what concerns me. You see this pattern right here? To me, that pattern lets me know that the weekly adjustments are keeping it and you don't have bandwidth, you know, like your body doesn't have the bandwidth to go longer. We can still try it for sure. But according to your scan, my recommendation would be that you stay weekly. It allows me to be on their side versus against them, right? Like if she comes in and she's like, all right, Lauren, I want to go every other week. And I'm like, Sally, I don't think you should do that. I think you should stay weekly. And that's the conversation. It's like, you are against my goals of getting to every other versus like, oh, girl, I want you to come every other week too. Ooh, the scan. Um, so whatever yours is, like, cool. But I, so we don't go over the scan that day, okay? So their visit on that day is no extra time on my end. Um, I just adjust them as normal. And then we set time at their next visit for me to go over it. And some of you who are like, I do not have time to be going over scans with this many people or going over reports. Well, here's the deal then I don't know, like if you just have, if you're just growing exponentially with what you're doing and you have a high PVA, then I don't know, don't change it. But like, if you're looking at 2022 and going like, gosh, I want to grow. How do we grow? 
Yes, you need new patients, but you need to close the back door. Close the back door of your clinic. That is how you're going to grow. And what's going to happen is, is people are going to, that when you do that, people stick around longer. So how do you keep people to stick around longer? You teach them value. You give them visuals of why this is worth it. Because the whole goal of what we do is keep them asymptomatic, right? The whole goal of what we do as nervous system function chiropractors is have them sleeping amazing, pooping amazing, not getting, or, you know, having a strong immune response, like doing all these things, not getting the headaches, working out. And when we do our job, they don't have symptoms. <laughs> so what happens naturally is I don't think I need this anymore. So what is the tool you are showing them to show that what they are paying for is keeping them doing fantastic? All right. Um, the final thing is what are your systems for drop off? Like systems, systems, systems. So doing a progress exam every 12 visits, that's a system doing, um, having a text to the patient when they no show their visit. Every single person who misses an appointment gets a text. That's a system. What is your system for someone says, I need to cancel this week. I'll call you. Are you waiting for them to call you? Is their name on a list? What do you do with that patient? Like what happens when that patient falls off care? Honestly, this last year, we even created a system for when patients break up with us. Okay, like, and it's okay, we've had to learn to remove the emotions from it. But a lot of our patients are on auto debits, meaning their credit card just runs. And so we say like, yes, we understand that you need to take a break from care. We completely understand. Um, we need to set up a phone call so we can finalize all details on your account. And we can, you know, turn off your auto debit. And in that conversation with them, we ask like, you know, okay, reason for cutting back in care. Is it financial? Is it that you're not seeing value? I, I don't remember what else we ask, but like we just ask and it, we we go through it almost like because some of you are like cringing right now. I am too. Um, that's why I don't do them and I make my CAs do them. Uh, no, it's just basically we just are gathering information. So they literally say, okay, um, we can totally close out your account. There's four questions on this questionnaire that I just got to ask you quick. Should be no problem. And they kind of are almost trained to go through them. I don't want to say robotically, but we want the patient to feel like they're uh, we we match them. OK, we want honest answers. So if we go at it like, why? Why are you quitting? Why would you? Oh, you've done so good. The, we're going to make the patient feel bad that we made them get on the phone call in the first place. And they're like, Jesus, I don't want to have to defend my decisions. Right. This is their decision in life. Um, you know, and the patient's going to not necessarily give us the right answer. Are they going to or they not the right answer? Sorry. The the well, their correct answer. What they're going to do is like, oh, my God, I love you guys. We're going to get back. We just have some things that we got to like, you know, we're just going to take a break versus maybe that's the truth. Maybe they're like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I was wasn't getting any better. Like, they're not going to tell us that. They don't want to hurt our feelings. But we live in the Midwest. So maybe you live in New York or, or uh, you know, someplace where people are more direct. Over here, if you want a straight answer from someone, the honest answer, um, you have to, you know, just re make them feel like they're not going to hurt your feelings for being honest. So it doesn't mean that when they then give us that answer, we treat like continue to act like a robot. We're like, we completely understand. You know, we have like this whole like chart that happens of like, if they say it's financial, we talk to them like, 
Okay, if you'd like, you know, we can talk to you about some of our financial hardship. If they talk about how they didn't feel like their adjustments were getting better, you know, we go like, okay, you know, we answer that a certain way. So like there's all sorts of different like the breakup phone calls, the triage chart that happens. Um, But yeah, that's a system. So like going through your clinic of what systems do you have that need to tighten up to close the back door? All right, so there we go, PVA. Um, I hope that this did something for you, um, like in a good way. I hope that, first of all, nobody felt feels any shame at all, okay? Um, I don't think that there is a bad PVA or I think it just, does your PVA align with what you want out of your practice? That's that's the number one thing. You know, even if you're an insurance model, if you if you like your PVA, then who cares? But if you don't like your PVA and you're like, oh yeah, insurance is ruling my clinic. Okay, what what do we do about what do we do about this? Um, for those that are like, okay, I love everything you said. I have no idea what to do about a progress exam. You guys, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna boast about the scans. They're really awesome. If you are running a pediatric or prenatal clinic, not having it when I first started was the biggest mistake. I can't believe I waited. The learning curve's a little bit there. And like, they're not, I mean, they're cheaper than x-ray, that's for sure. Um, but you know, they're not 200 bucks. They're, you know, it's an investment that will force you to use them. But that's what I like about it. It's not some like new tool that you're like, oh, that was fun for a minute. Like, no, you're gonna use them. And you're gonna understand that the quality of conversations you have, if you wanna talk to your patients about nervous system, what what are you giving them as metrics if you're not like, so I love them. Um, there is a, I've kind of been obsessed with them for a while. So I reached out to them last year and said, hey, can I get a discount for my She Slayers? I love your product. I talk about it all the time. I would like for my listeners to be able to get a discount. Um, so you can. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't remember the exact amount, but it's hundreds of dollars for sure. Um, and honestly, what they do is they have a great, so you can reach out to me. You can for sure reach out to me if you have questions about this. I will talk your ear off about them. And honestly, like tell you whether I think it's a good fit for your clinic that you want to build. Um, or there is a form in the notes that's kind of like a simple questionnaire that just kind of asks where you're at in practice. What are you looking for to add? You know, maybe you haven't even started practice yet. Maybe you're a new grad and they'll put you in um, contact with one of their awesome service people who can just like, they're not salesy. They're going to honestly talk to you about like, what are your needs for your clinic? What would implementing scans look like? What kind of pricing options are there? How do you start to learn? How do you learn how to do the scans? They're there to answer a ton of questions as well. So that link will be below um, and make sure you let them know that you came from SheSlice and you'll save some mega moolah. If you don't like scans, then no worries. What are you doing? What are you doing in 2022 to show your patients the value of what you're doing and why you keep paying for it? So, boom, we did it, you crew. Thank you so much. If you liked this episode, I would love if you screenshotted and saved it. Make sure you tag me when you share it um, because I love sharing um, when you guys share. And um, yeah, just let let other Kairos know 
about this. And you know what? I think we should go in. We'll probably do like a whole KPI series. Um, let me know what your KPI is. Let me know what your favorite unit of measurement is of growth. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll do another one on, ooh, what should we do? New patients? Mm-hmm, getting new patients, I like it, okay. Or patient visits, oh, there's so many. There's so many different ways we could go with this. All right, until next week, She Slayers, I love you. Have a great week. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.